So I end up just grabbing a random song for the theme oh, for right dear. now, which it's 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 not quite us, but it'll it'll do for this go around. Okay. Um, I want to give a disclaimer. We are not back. Ooh. We're not. The last time we did this, I even titled it "We're Back." Oh. And that was a year ago. Yeah, you never say that. So we are not back. We're not back. <laughs> uh, we just missed doing this. So, okay. Yeah. What? I was going to say, when we said we're back, how long had it been then? Some months. Okay. Yeah, it had been a hot minute. Um, not quite a year, but it had been some time. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the last time we did this, we said we're back. Or I, I might have said we're back. I, I we probably gonna, said we were back. I'm not going to put that on you. I think we might have said that. Mm. And because I, I do recall being like, we missed it so much. Look at it. It's fun. We're great. Um, I think we were on video then. Yeah. So I was just actually thinking about um, our progression in podcasting or whatever else. And, well, not in podcasting, not whatever else. Um, and I think it was a situation where uh, Great Ruined Good, if that makes sense. Yep. It, it went from. So the, the initial of this was like us sitting in the office, having fun conversations. Like let's just record the conversation. Super, that was it. super quick, super ugly. Um, I think I used to like work while we were doing it. We were both working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we used to eat while we were doing it. Right. Like the whole like if something popped up, we just grab the mic and start talking. Um, but between that and writing practice and working out the video for that. Um, video leaked into Good Talk and it got more and more complicated and then it was And then it was I need a break except I didn't say that it was you It was uh, then it was Facebook Lives Mm -hmm. and all the things and trying to figure out how to get the camera to sit on us properly so we didn't look goofy and sometimes picture be weird and I'd be caught up with the picture it just got really complicated It did Got to be more (laughs) more work than it needed to be Um this feels familiar. A barking dog while we're trying to record. I feel like Baby Bean might have been doing this. That might have been Baby Cole or mm-hmm. Baby Maisie. No, Puppy Bean. Mm-hmm. Do we need to give this a minute, Bean? Do we need to get you settled in? You want to sit with us for a minute? Like, if I was able to put your mic on the couch, you'd be fine. Oh, for sure. We, we might as well. No, we're not doing that. So you got to get over yourself, Bean. Here, come here. Come. He's like, you got wires all over you. <laughs> he doesn't care about that. Um, so ultimately just trying to do too much, I think, kind of killed the momentum a little bit. A bit. Um, I think, I don't think it killed the momentum. I think we just were, we were just overwhelmed. That To me, that killed the momentum. Um, and that's especially because a lot of the, the stuff after the fact was on me to do editing or publishing and everything else. And then, you know, obviously other projects and actual jobs and things became a thing. So time kind of became a part of the issue also. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think doing this quick and dirty. Really? No, yeah. Al? Wow. Not if you point. <laughs> I had to come up with it on my own. Yeah. But um, yeah, so doing this quick and dirty, I think it was going to be a nice way for us to kind of get back into it. Does that include 
that includes dogs. Okay. Um, careful at the table. Okay. Um, that includes dogs barking on occasion. Um, my second puberty voice that seems to kick in around this time. It's really weird. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I did not sound like this before. I've gotten very gravelly. Well, we did. In my old age. Well, I, what I noticed is that you're gravelly. You always had a nighttime gravel, but now it's your all day. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. It's like, um, I was telling you, if you listen to early Jadakiss, he does not sound anything like now Jadakiss. I can imagine that. I can imagine that. Yo, he's really about to curse us out. And he does care about these wires, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. He doesn't like this mic business. He doesn't like this over the head. He doesn't he, like it. He, he, I promise you, because he's seen that. That's nothing new. It's, it's this is like your. It's not usually out here, and it's not both of us. It's not you're you're not where you're supposed to be. Is what this is. As looks dead you dead in the face. Like why aren't you sitting on the couch so I can take this nap? Also, cheeseburgers and fries. Eh, that too. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Today I have to write a blurb for someone's book. Except it's not my book, and. I'm writing the blurb in the voice of a celebrity who has said, I'll do a blurb for your book, but I ain't got no time to write it. I feel like, are you saying, are you pulling the curtain back a little too much right now? No. No? Okay. I've talked about that in writing practice. I wrote all the blurbs for one of my books and just crossed my fingers that they would, it's common, it's common practice. Okay. Um, It's not common practice for your editor to do it for you, but it's a very common practice to do it. I feel like there's going to be like a very narrow window of books that you'll be talking about. Folks in the year like, was this it? I think I feel a lot differently about my career and being found out and saying the wrong thing. I, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about things that I would say that I would want to not talk about, or maybe we should take this out. I just don't see anything in my current world outside TV film stuff that I would be hesitant to talk about. Mm. And even that, that's not because I don't want to share creatively. It's just business. So I was thinking about this past year. I think I started talking to you a little bit about it either yesterday or this afternoon, trying to yesterday. recap and figure out, you know, how this year has gone for me in particular, us in general. Um, Which is a very scary thing for your business partner to ask. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like personally, this has been a mid year. Mm. It's been, eh, it's all right. It, yeah, okay. Did, did, you, did you look through it? Are you saying that from an informed place? Yeah. <clears throat> oh Lord. Yes. Um, but I sold a couple photos. Uh, I stopped writing for a local paper and doing that video project. Um, which was I, actually, you know, sort of a good thing. Yeah, it was necessary. It was time. And then, funny enough, my editor, the next month, I found out he was leaving anyway. So it was kind of wrap on that regardless. Um, I do have a new uh, video partner. and We've been working on projects together, which has been really cool. Um, but outside of that, like, so, like I said, I sold a couple photos. It's really been kind of a... I, I'd say, I said to somebody today that this felt like the second act of a trilogy like last year was there was a lot going on this year's i feel like it's been a lot of setting up for next year 
knock on wood, um, for projects we're working on together, for things I'm trying to do on my own. Today just feel like, I mean, this year, this year feel like just one big setup. It's the, it's like the, the second movie in the trilogy. That's like it's okay, but it's just a like setup. Like Iron movie. Man two. No. Like Iron Man three. No. Somebody says that one of the Iron Mans was just really to set up the next something. Maybe that's Avenger movies. Because yeah. sometimes an Avenger movie. But more movie. like a, well, because it's hard to do that with the MCU because there's like 8,000 movies tying into one thing. Um, this is more of a like traditional trilogy where like the second movie is like The Matrix. The second movie was okay, but it was really just setting up the third one, which was, in my opinion, at least better. And the first one is obviously like the one that everybody goes crazy for. This feels like the second act. This feels like the second kind of situation in next year becomes a thing. Um, that that scares me. Because? I don't know if I can... Well, I don't generally look back on a particular year and be like, okay, this is what happened this year. I probably should, but I don't. I do it sometimes financially, but in terms of like career and stuff, I tend to break down the year into chunks. Mm-hmm. and say oh well this summer was pretty cool because i got to do this this and this or i don't i think i'm afraid to look at the entirety of a year and it comes from you know when you and i first met and we were trying to figure out a date and it was the fourth of july mm-hmm. and i had you know a full list of things to do you were like but it's a federal holiday and I just don't, I have never, you can do it, B. You can lay down. Don't smell my shorts. Just lay down. Anyway, uh, I have a hard time taking stock. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time with that. I feel like if I do that, it's bad luck somehow. If mm. I admit that wherever I am now, this is over, then I kind of get freaky outy. Yeah, I get that. Um, and I don't I don't even necessarily know that my way of doing it is good or that I would recommend that somebody, you know, take stock in their year or whatever it is. I know it's helpful for me. Um, I'm not a res- resolution guy either. Um, I, I mean, I just turned 45. I, I'm kind of am who I am. Um, but in terms of... That's not true. But in terms of what I want to do next year, I think looking at this year is helpful for sure um just because also i but doesn't looking at last year helpful for next year doesn't mm-hmm. looking back at the past three years helpful for next year like i don't know in, a, in a way um it can be i think i think the further back you go the further forward you can look and kind of look for patterns and stuff like that um for me, the year is sort of sort of like the night, the sweet spot for me. Um, yeah, I, I I lost my train of thought. Um, no, for, like I said, for me, the the a year at a time is kind of the sweet spot for me, and this is right around the time of year where I start to figure those things out. But no resolutions. Mm, not personal stuff per se. It's stuff that I'm looking at trying to accomplish. Um, You're not going to start working out on January 1st? No. Block to the gym? No. Mm. Um, I do need to work out. I do need to treat myself better and all the things. But if me basing it on the new year isn't going to do it. Um, 
No. And I, I need I need to get a I want to get a bike in here. I want to get a spin bike in here. <clears throat> I guess that can be something we can discuss at another time. What do you do? What? I don't know. That that seemed <laughs> No, because I don't want a bike here. Oh. But we'll have to talk it through. I'm not that crazy. I don't know. I I I, I there was a birthday where I walked into a recliner and a that's very large true. television. That is very true. Yeah. Those were the days when we had money. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, so just trying to figure out those things. Like, do I get a job next year? Oh, contact lens. So, so do I, do I get glasses next year? Yes, you get glasses. <laughs> don't know about the job. Um, well, I turned 49 this year. And it hit like hit like I felt it which is funny because you've been claiming 50 since I met you I know I've been saying 50 forever and I'm still not 50 but this time I was like shit um it is a cheesy thing to say not cheesy braggadocious I don't know but I have achieved everything my 21 year old self could have possibly dreamed and that's a f- and that is both an amazing thing and frightening because I, I I hope I got lots of time left. Well, I think and I think what you're talking about is the crux of most midlife crises. Which I'm not saying you, you're no, experiencing no, no. one. I am. Oh, okay, for sure. Um, because this is the space where the dreams you haven't achieved. Where the likelihood of achieving achieving those now, and if you have done everything that you've sought out to do, well, what do you do now? Right. Um, and now you're in a space where you have to start dreaming again and mm-hmm. figuring those things out. Um, it's kind of in a weird way, I think, the loop that Tom Brady is stuck in, in my head, where, you know, he's 45, he retired before the season started, that lasted all of 30 days, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to go play football again, because... Because what else are you going to do? Right. You know, when your entire identity has been fixated on being this athlete and this person your entire life, what do you do? I think, you know, you're more uh, fortunate and I'm more fortunate in the fact that our lives are more flexible than that in terms of who we are and what we want to do. Um, I mean, three years ago, I was not a professional photographer. Um, I played on my cell phone like we talk about and I was just thinking does that website still exist it does Um, I just recently had to pay because it had gone away but it's back for now so I when we first got together I took a series of photos just random Mm -hmm. from my cell phone and I would send them to you Mm -hmm. and you collected them and put them on a website yep this is how he sees me talking didn't know if you wanted to say it or not yep that's it it's fine no nudes (laughs) I tried. Um, but yeah, like I wasn't that person. I wasn't thinking about, you know, doing video um, at that point. So, but, you know, being a creative, you kind of figure out, you know, how do I want to be creative now? What is the thing I want to do now? Um, and I think you're in a, in the larger sense in that space now. Um, you're in the book publishing industry as an editor, which is something you never saw that coming. Yeah. Um, actually, and you're, you're a little bit more than an editor. I guess. You don't go to work and just edit books. I do not. 
I do not. There's a lot of stuff going on in your end. Yes, um, at the moment because like I'm you're new. you're fully ensconced in the industry. I am. I'm doing more acquisitions than editing, but I'll be editing soon mm. once I acquire some books that need to be edited. Right. Um, but no, I think what you mean and what is true is that I am corporate America. Yes. And I've never. You go to an office sometimes. I do. Twice a week. You commute. Better than that, I actually think it's necessary. I did not think that for the last 20 years of being a freelancer. I always thought there's no reason to go into an office. And even at Simon & Schuster, where I was last year, I was like, this is pointless. Why are we going into the office? Mm -hmm. But here, it makes sense. The other day, someone from CopyEdit came to my office and said, you just sent me this document and you keep sending it in the wrong format. And I said, well, I don't know what to do. And he said, open your laptop. And I said, okay. And it turned out I did not have the updated version of Adobe. So I did that. It would not, that would have been two days on tech right. support for three hours. Mm-hmm. Copy edit dude just walked over and was like, let's fix this. Right. So It's necessary. Yeah. Um, and, I hate to say that. And it's funny, you would almost think, and we say post-pandemic, though I'm not sure we're actually post-pandemic. Post-pandemic would have reinforced the need to not go in because it proved that well, we have the technology to Of course, to which is why home. I'm only there twice a week. Right. Um, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, the people at my job who've been there a while, they love to be like, let me tell you something. Snowstorms. Snowstorms. <laughs> we still had to be here at 9 o'clock, which right. I can't even fathom. Um you know, Hurricane Sandy, they're like, when are you getting back in the office? So, you know, I'm thankful for that because I wouldn't have been coming every day. Um, also, I have an amazing assistant and I don't think I need to see her. Mm-hmm. I need to see her once or twice a week. I buy her lunch because I'm a terrible boss, like the worst. Um, so here's the thing, though, and I've had terrible bosses. The difference between you and the terrible bosses, you know. That I'm being terrible? Or you're not as on point or as efficient as you could be to make her life easier, to make your sister's life easier. That's right. Knowing that changes everything. I definitely know that. But it doesn't make her job any easier. It does, though. Not the the day-to-day laborious, like, I got to get these tasks done. But the understanding of what level they're working on and what level they're working to get you what you need, and that being above and beyond, the knowledge recognition of that goes a long way. Well, um, I've had her all to myself since I've been there, but uh, another editor is coming back from paternity leave soon, and he and I will be sharing her, and I just don't know how I'm going to do that. Paternity leave? What kind of woke nonsense is this? for months. What the? I don't know how that's going to work, but I guess we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, so you're in a space now where, you know, you've, you're changing and you're, you're, you're no stars you got to figure out what your North Star is. I'm not even going to see your North Star is changing. You got to figure out what your North Star is now. I'm just tired. I think you've always been tired. I think you just now acknowledge that you're tired. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think about my... Today I did an interview where I was talking about a story I wrote in 2000. And putting myself in that headspace was interesting because i just can't connect to her like bitch take a nap (laughs) like are you kidding me right now 
I'm just seeing myself at different holidays and Christmas and wherever, using that time to work. Um, not taking a maternity leave for my daughter. She's 15. I still haven't taken a maternity leave for her. Um, I don't know that girl. Mm-hmm. I appreciate her. I'm still eating off of her. but. And it's funny because at the beginning of our relationship, you made me take that break. I did. That I did not realize at the time you hadn't taken. Well, maybe I did realize at the time that you had never really taken for yourself. No one ever asked me that. Like, the people that I say that to, they never quite get, like, but, bitch, <laughs> <laughs> where's your break? Because I've never taken one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's because I haven't that I know when someone does need it. Mm-hmm. Do as I say, not as I do. Also, I feel like my lack of break, especially at the point you had met me, was because I was treading water. Correct. I, I feel like you're... Your situation was different. It, it is like not it to was. say there weren't struggles or anything, but you it wasn't a treading water. I was water just swimming situation. from one side of the pool to the other, right? But with no break, right? So, also needed to be put in a corner somewhere. And I, I wonder if you were like laying bricks, if you would have taken all the bricks you could have, as opposed to doing a thing that it's hard to to be like, hey, I'm doing this thing that I love. I need to take a break. I need to take a time out. Right. When it's like. Well, it depends. Does this thing pay my bills? Because that's what's always, you know, this thing I love 99% of the time is also paying my bills. Right. So it's hard to, yeah, I don't know if I've ever taken the break that I've told other people they should take. All right, 2023. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, maybe, you know, we know that um, my therapist has been asking me since 2016. Sorry, that was unprofessional. Um, since 2016 to find a thing. Um, and then I appear. If you don't want to call it a hobby, she would say, just a thing that you do to unwind that mm-hmm. you like, that's your thing. Um, so again, I think... I uh, haven't been able to do that. We, it's kind of sad. Well, no, because we've discussed the problem with that. When you work in entertainment... Mm-hmm. digesting entertainment by her rules doesn't count. So I've watched you for the last year and a half sit down and watch TV, all the TV, all the movies, all the things. She says if you're breaking into television, then no. Right. Sorry, that's not it. Right. Because I know when you're watching this, you're thinking of pilots and scripts and beats. And right. She's right. So the, the thing for me, though, is because most of those things don't apply, you now have to kind of put the effort into doing something completely different. And I wonder sometimes if the effort of doing that thing takes away from the idea of like, you're just resting and relaxing. Like if you wanted to learn how to knit, mm-hmm. does going out and purchasing the things and learning the skill, how much of that really is relaxation as opposed to just like, she doesn't, it's not about relaxation for her. It's about what does your brain do when you're not working? Like, what can you give? It's not about relaxing at all, mm-hmm. actually. It's just about do something that's just for you mm-hmm. that's not connected to work. So, uh, I mean, you know, I often say to you, how are you still upright? We've had these conversations right. before. Like, and you'll give me some kind of poetic answer. And I'm like, that's not it. There's something else there. 
that's how my therapist feels. Like, what right. can you do for yourself? And I'm like, there's nothing. That doesn't even make sense. You mean to tell me there's no part of you that exists outside of entertainment and your job? There's nothing else to you? There's nothing else that you take time for? Is there's that... nothing else that interests you that's not connected to your... She's making sense. I, I get it. I just don't have that. I just don't. I just think about all the things that go away with that. Like reading doesn't count. Reading Watching doesn't TV count. doesn't count. TV doesn't count. Listening, does, does listening to music count? No. Those are those things don't count anyway because they're passive. Mm. She's not talking about passive. She means like, this is what I do. Right. My name is Aaliyah. I'm a writer. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. And I'm also a right. amateur photographer. She'd let me do that. And I'm also uh actually, yeah, she would. Um, I mean, by those counts, I don't know what I have. I don't know that I have a thing. You play video games. I mean, that just... That's kind of passive. No, it's not. It's, it's active, but that also just... You have fantasy football. Ugh, we ain't not even getting into that. It's I, not even about whether you... It's just these are the things the that I, I, I can tell you about my husband right. that's not his work. Well, I guess, yeah. Fantasy, fan, I'm sick of fantasy football. Uh, that's a whole other story. Um, just started playing video games again. But I guess even with that, I kind of get what you're talking about because... You have something to do. But even with like playing video games again, because I just kind of got back into it over the last couple of weeks, there's still a part of me that feels like you've got shit to do. Like, well, I don't think that people like us will ever be able to detach and not have that thought. Like, that's just asking a lot. I don't right. think my therapist, I think my therapist would just like to see me try. Mm -hmm. In six years, can you just like try to do something? Um, we'll get you some video games. Definitely not going to do that. But I did see something today that I was like, I could so be into this, but I, it would be equal parts like embarrassment, I think. And also not very, I don't know how I would do this, but there are this, these communities of people who build doll houses and Shane. Oh my God. What's the embarrassing part of that? I don't know. It's like, it's a doll house. I'm 50. So they make these really are beautiful. You with, are you going to be playing with dolls after the things? Are you going to? playing dress up like maybe <laughs> maybe You're some not. of them play they 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 do them like set them up like they're at a party then they'll take them you know change their clothes and then set them up like they're at a thanksgiving table the 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 actual like skill set mm -hmm. it takes this one woman she had her little black girl doll with her hands full of uh bags sorry burke h&m the bag is like Maybe a half an inch by a half an inch, tiny, but it looks just like the bag. It's like everybody who builds models, like this is. It's thing. like a model thing. Yeah, it's exactly that. Um, so in the comments, people were saying, "Oh my gosh, I need those bags for my dollhouse girl. Where did you get them?" And she said, "I made these." And I was like, "Wow, with what? A toothpick?" So super cute. So when you say building, are you actually building the house too, I can't or tell are you getting a house and then decorating it? And I think there's all kinds of um, ways that it's done. I think people usually buy a house and then decorate it. I'll say this: if you if you do go forward with this, somebody's gonna want their calico critters back. Ooh. <laughs> um, except calico critters are five times bigger than the kids in this dollhouse, mm. the people in this dollhouse, they're scaled really small. Um, it looks so like fun. Like pockets? Maybe a hair bigger than that, somewhere around there. And I don't know how I feel about the fact that you 
commercial, like Polly Pockets. They had commercials on every cartoon. Like, come on now. Polly Pockets was huge. When I, I didn't. Was, yeah, I wasn't. I didn't know. About I didn't. Pockets. I didn't get the attraction, but Polly Pockets. They was were huge. plastic, right? Yeah. And like clickety, they connect they, to each other. They would come with like these little, almost like handheld dollhouses, like little scenes, and you would put them in to it and like they might move back and forth got might, it. but they didn't move they didn't okay. change no outfits, articulated arms no okay. anything got it they just sort of existed i thought um, they were the ones that had those outfits that sort of clapped onto their bodies oh you're going way back that's something else yeah well i love the dollhouse but i was like i would do this but it's not the type of thing that you're just like and now i'm gonna go do this like that's it a is a long though. time no, I mean, I can go buy a dollhouse and start collecting furniture. I, although the best furniture I've seen on TikTok is all stuff made by mm -hmm. the person. And they usually have tutorials on how they make stuff. So they'll have like a leather couch that is actually reclining. So what do it's you mean? It's insane. They'll have a TV that's working, showing cable TV. Well, so this is where social media will fuck you up and not have you do anything because that's what you think. I know. Thing. But what do you mean by it would take too long? Um, because you don't, you don't want, you don't want to go into something that is short. There's no point. I don't, I don't really have a lot of energy to build up to being where the people are. That makes me, you know, if I saw where they began, whatever that is, right. I'd that's, be like, eh, I'll pass. And that's what I mean by social media having the, fucked up. Exactly. Um, so I don't know just how much patience I have for it. Um, maybe it's something I could do with Maisie. No, she would love it. Do it yourself. You, you need some... Like the idea of you're going to have something well, for you and then to pull in somebody else that you're not dependent on and who also you need a break from. Right. So, okay, maybe not bring in Maisie, but if I were to really do this, it would be in our common space. It wouldn't be in our bedroom. So mm -hmm. everybody would be privy to it and welcome to help me if you want or look at it or whatever. Or not. Or not. Um, or it could but be like, I would, you could look at it, don't touch that too. Um, but I think it's okay if it's my thing. Sure. And my kids do it with me. Mm -hmm. I think that's okay. I think she would allow that. If the majority of the time. Let's, let's call her up now see what she says. If the majority of the time it's just me and I'm doing the bulk of it, but when they're here. Right. I think that would be okay. I think, yeah, I think if you can pick and choose your spots. If it's a space where like I can't do anything because Maisie's gone this week. Right. Then it's a problem. Um, I would, yeah, I'll look into that. I, I don't know if I'm ready to be in that world, but maybe I just like looking at the world. Maybe I don't want to create it myself. Um, just whatever it is, just be careful of social media sucking your joy before you even get started. Cause nobody posts, I shouldn't say nobody. Most folks don't post the dollhouse that's leaning with the furniture that cut their finger in the half naked dolls because they don't know what they're doing yet. It's always going to be, I took my old right. iPhone and mounted it on the wall and have YouTube playing on it. Like it's always going to be something extra. Right. Um, oh, is that how she did that? How she have cable TV in her dollhouse? I, I promise you, she, did, she didn't wire. <laughs> it's just not wired. So why is it showing? It's probably a phone. No, it's tiny. It's like this big. I don't know. I, I don't know. Get the, everybody sitting there watching. Yeah, TV. like this. This. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's the closest I've come to like this would be fun. Right. I mean, I think photography was supposed to be a thing for me, and then it became. Um, but then it became something else. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we'll see how long the video game thing sticks. I think. I don't. I don't think that. I think my therapist would consider that passive. You're not playing against real people, are you? Out in the world. Well, no. Video game is active. Even if I'm not playing against real people, the story like I have to problem solve. This hand icon. It's it's, an, it's very much an active situation. It's, it's not like watching football. Um, Which she would allow. Mm-hmm. She would be okay with me having a team and following it. And Monday nights, I'm watching my team and whatever. But that's passive too. For some reason, she felt like because then there's a chance you might go to a game and then you'll keep Ugh. up with. <laughs> you might keep up with your players and what's going on and have some. Like it's passive, but it's also emotional. Like mm-hmm. we won, we lost, whatever. And, and it forces me, not forces me, but it allows me to have something to talk about with other folk, which I have a hard time with. Um, I just lean into talking about my work if I have to make conversation because that's all I got. But even that is, so the hard part with that even still is when, you know, the projects that we're working on, either they have come from events that have actually happened in our lives or kind of collaborating off this one moment and whatever it comes. The moment you decide you're watching football or whatever it is, you're like, oh, I have a great idea for a television right. show based around football. Now that thing is gone. Or no. I want or now you wanna I want to write a movie based on you know no. video games. Now that thing is gone. Because no. now now she it's wouldn't research. Say that. She wouldn't say that. She would just like to, you know, whatever it is that I choose, it can only be in it doesn't have to be forever. Mm-hmm. Can you do something for a month? Right. Like, you know. But I'm just curious how it would be, because we draw our inspirations from so many different spaces, if the next project is based on the thing, that hobby that you pick up, then maybe what does that mean for the hobby? Another, maybe you do get another hobby. Maybe that's still your hobby, too, and you pick up something else that's separate from work that you enjoy. I think what she's saying makes sense. Um, I f- I'm, not, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. Just I'm saying it to myself, yeah. too. I want to remind myself that I do agree with her, because I tend to get a little saucy and salty when it comes up. Um, because she likes to bring up 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. That's how long you've been sitting in this chair saying, I don't know what I want to do. I don't have any hobbies. So I think she's more perturbed or concerned about the fact that I can go seven years and still be like, I don't know. than the fact that I'm not actually doing something. Mm. What does that say? I don't, again, if you, if, if you were an accountant, I think it would say a lot. But when you make money, and that maybe some counting is somebody's passion, so in which case I apologize. <laughs> um, but when you when you make a living off of your passion, I think it's a very different thing. Um, she says it's even more important when your work is tied into your passion. It's very important to find something outside of that to have. More so than if you're a teacher who wants to be a writer. Or an accountant wants to be a so like whatever. My big my biggest issue in terms of that came when I was um, running, and you know I ran for those who don't know I ran track and field for a number of years, and then I coached um, all different levels, all different things, everything from hundred meters to the marathon. Worked with some triathletes, some semi semi pro folks, and the whole bit. Um, and I for a long time I loved running and I loved doing those things, and. But at some point, the paycheck sucked the joy away yep. to the point where like, I I don't really like running now. And that's probably my problem now. But I thought there, you... was, there was a point where, you know, hey, I'm kind of out of shape, throwing some sneakers, go for a run. I actively don't want to run now. Why? 
I'm burnt down. I've been burnt down on it because it, the motivation changed when there was one, when there's a paycheck and when there's a paycheck involved, it also means that you're doing it when you don't necessarily want to. Um, no, I remember, but haven't you, I mean, you were running as a young adult. Like, I feel like the whole time you were running, you had moments where you didn't want to do it. Right. Even when it wasn't money. Sure. But at that point was when it's not attached and kind of like you were saying earlier, when it's not attached to a paycheck, you can take a break. When it's attached to a paycheck, now you got to go. Right. Um, so there was points where I was coaching two and three classes a day. Um, and over time, it's like, why am I still doing? Because also I've been running since I was a teenager. So now I'm, you know, I'm 30 something at this point coaches these classes and everything else. And I'm, I'm, I'm privileged. That's my whole time. My full-time job is like ride a bike run. I got like two or three sessions a day managing clients. Like it wasn't a crazy heavy workload and I had a lot of fun. But at a certain point it was, I'm only doing this because I got to get paid this week. And it changes the, the dynamic of things. Um, I think more, I think that's a bigger concern to me as a creative who gets to a place where they make a living off of what they do. I think you were going through a moment at that time. I don't know that it would have, I mean, I've had a lot of times in my career where I'm like, I gotta eat, so I have to do this thing. It's my passion, but I don't wanna do this. Mm -hmm. But time goes on and you come out of that sometimes. Maybe you weren't gonna come out of that feeling, but a lot of times it's a moment where you're doing the thing, you get paid to do it, you're not feeling it anymore, and you're on your way out. Yeah, I'm still, Maybe, but I'm, even now I'm not. I'm not thinking to, about now. I'm talking about back then. I didn't. I don't even know if that was a. It was a moment then. I think it was. I had come to a conclusion, essentially. Um, and funny enough, the way it worked out in the end, like with my friend who I was working for couldn't afford me anymore, and I think I was kind of losing it anyway. So it was a mutual thing. It was fine, but I don't. I don't miss running like I thought of. I thought I'd be running for the rest of my life in some form or fashion. Wow. Eh, I'm good. Um, I feel like when I met you, you might have been still on the tail and uh, maybe I'll take a run here and there. Yes. Um, we ran together like once or twice. Yeah. And I'll, I've picked up once or twice here and there and I feel like every time I go out, I'm like, oh, this is why I stopped doing this. Let me see if I can get through this barrier and kind of make it happen again. And it just doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Um, now at this point, anything workout related is based on vanity and, and health and living a little longer. Yes. We both got, um, grown, grown physicals together. Yep. Cause that's what we do. We have to go to get physicals gotta, from the same doctor. I got to schedule time. my labs. I got to schedule my labs. Um, oh, do we even do, <laughs> yes. Same doctor. Cause we're gross. Do we talk about same this? Other, do we talk about this other situation? No, no. Okay, I don't think so. All right, I think we saved that. Okay, it's absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, what "But are they doing this about? is dumb." Like, what is, what is it? Are they swingers? Um. Yeah. Well, I am going to, according to my therapist, by the way, running would not be it either. Working out wouldn't be the because. Thing. Um, she just, it just wouldn't like, can she produce my, a list? Can she give you a list of, of acceptable things? Yes. She could. And she will not. Cause, Cause she knows I'll look at it and be like, okay, that one. 
I'm going to be a yo-yo champion. Perfect. Let's go. Um, the whole point of the mission is for me to, so sometimes I have to remind her, you know, she's only known me in the good days. She never treated me when I was in crisis. So I don't think she understands. It's effed up to say, cause I'm sure she does, but I don't, I, sometimes I don't think she gets like where I am and where I've been. Mm. Like, don't be asking me to do things. Like, I'm a miracle right here. Right. I'm a miracle that I'm sitting in front of you talking about these hobbies. Um, the, I mean, so. also, it could be said that a lot of your life, especially in those spaces, were you doing too much? Right. So the, notion, so the notion of you sitting on your ass and watching TV is kind of a victory. Exactly. Um, but she wants to take it beyond that. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you're sitting down now. Um, there's also, you know, a whole part of me that's like, still drying out like i'm not a regular person who's been you know doing regular shit with a regular job my whole life like i've lost large swaths of time to depression to alcoholism like so if you cobble together all my years of grown-upness i think we've calculated that i'm like 40 Mm. i i had a similar conversation with my therapist but was on um on the professional side. You have a therapist? Yeah. Hmm? Black one, too. Wow. And a man. <gasps> I, I thought that, that man <laughs> emphasis was a little something. But, yeah, um, I got I got a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very cool. You are a unicorn as well. So How so? Black men in therapy are still unicorns, unfortunately. I, mean, I thought we were... Uh, okay. No, yeah. we're starting... You're not. You're still unicorns. Yeah. Well, this unicorn found another unicorn, and mm-hmm. um, it's been really, really cool. And it's funny. I I've said this to you before, but um, I had been very reluctant to have a male therapist because of, at least in my mind, I was more comfortable. Well, I was more comfortable with women in general. Um. After it's been about seven we're, we're getting close to two months worth of sessions uh, at this point and i underestimated what it would be to have a male therapist not one comfort hasn't been an issue at all and do you think it would be the same with a white male therapist i don't know um so before i found my therapist um there was a lot of at least in my head because you know this was the first therapist I happened upon since I started going back to therapy. It wasn't a huge search. There was always this calculus of man and woman, black, black and white, and white, black woman versus white woman, black man versus white man. Mm-hmm. Like if I couldn't have like this, whatever sweet spot, like what was the right. next? We started you with the black woman. Right. And my thing was like, if I couldn't have, if I couldn't have a black woman, then black man was going to be the next thing because right. culture was more of a thing to me than for me than gender. Watch the intersection. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, but I underestimated the value of having both. Um, just from his perspective and his beyond like professionalism and just knowledge of the industry that he's in, just the perspective that he has of being a black man. Um, a large black man. Well, I'm not large. Um, not you, him. He is a large black man. Yes. He's a large human. He's a large human. Um, I joke that if I met him in high school, he 
might have been chasing me down the hallway. I'm not sure. Um, which even in and of itself, I was the first ten minutes of our session. Like you were just like he's a large human. No, more to the point. Like I wonder if if this will affect our relationship or our communication. What? Just it just in terms of like intimidation, oh, and I like see. I'm not talking to sharing with somebody who's my size and smaller. It I think it's what um, in a different aspect of what women talk about in terms of relating to men because there is this physical right, of course. component to it. When you have somebody who's twice your size as a man, that same component now exists. Right. And not that things don't beat me up or whatever else, but there's a world where his literal gravity affects how I communicate and the things I say because I don't want to come off as weak or soft or embarrass right. myself. Like I want to toughen up a little bit. But I would imagine over time that's not a thing. Um, yeah, but the, but if it exists from the, if it exists in the beginning, I think it continues to exist, even some inf infinitesimal form. But didn't have that with him at all. It's just been really good overall. Um, I'm happy. But no, so what I was saying in terms of uh, I wasn't happy with your first therapist. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but in terms of like again my professional life, um, one of the many things I give you credit for is giving space to just try shit and kind of lift the cap off of possibility mm -hmm. and, you know, taking chances and dreaming or whatever else. Um, the things that I'm thrilled that Colin get amazing, get to see through us. And like, they're, they're not gonna have a clue of, I don't think I, well, I gotta like, that's not going to exist for them. That's not going to exist. But that's the world. Unless they bring that on themselves. Cause right kids so but that's i keep telling my uh therapist like my ceiling was three feet over my head and not because of anything other than i grew up sometimes in, literally right um but not for any other reason other than i grew up in a middle class home where it was like hey get a city job graduate high school get a city job things will be smooth and that's kind of where it begins and ends right and you know if i was in a space or had the my own the boldness of in, within myself to take some chances and do some different things in my mind there's a world where i might have met you at the source mm -hmm. at some point mm -hmm. or i might have been two books deep or i might have done any number of things mm -hmm. and what i'm doing now in my mid-40s i the whatever i've accomplished now in my mid-40s i think i could have accomplished at 30 maybe or 35 but eh. I mean, it's impossible I mean, to tell. Sure, you can. We can do that till the cows come home. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is, anything could have happened. You sure. know, even if they were like, "You better go be a creative." Like, you could have started running with drug dealers and got locked up. Like, there's just so right. many different. I I often used to think because I started in journalism a little bit later. I didn't major in journalism. Didn't have a splashy internship, so I was a couple years behind. And I used to be like, "Ah." Oh, if only my parents had let me major in journalism, who knows where I'd be by now? And it's like, as time goes on, it's like, nah, you're, you're where you are. But again, the difference, is, and again, I, the, ultimately that is true. Um, but I think for, for me, there is a calculus on what boldness might have got me. And boldness will have me fall on my face eight times out of 10. But even, but that goes back to you. Like you had your arc that your parents were setting out for you wasn't 
be a professional writer. Like you can, or Mm-mm, not at all. I mean, much like my. But the difference is, you took those steps. You you did the bold things and took some chances. Right. Um. I mean, the same way your parents were like, graduate from high school, get a mm-hmm. job. My parents were like, go to college, get a job. Right. A teaching job. Right. No other kind of job. But that's. Um, but again, you're kind of putting my point because I'm not, I'm not even putting it on my parents and what they didn't set me up for. It's the that internal mechanism of go take a chance, go do the thing. Right. That boldness I didn't have in me. Got it. And it's like the lost time. For me, it's a lost time on that end. So where you're, I think you're talking more socially, you know, you're actually 40 years old because of all the things. Professionally, I feel like I'm actually 30. That makes sense. In terms of my progress. That makes sense. I get that. I do. I get that. Now again, how accurate it is or is it? And right, there's a world where... God damn it. That's what Look at you. Look at you. So unprofessional. Yeah. Uh, quick and dirty. Um, is that my phone there? Yeah. Yeah. Put that on silent. Yeah, if you could I, just. I didn't I think you know it was what on the table. people love in a podcast. I didn't think it was on the table. I Phones it. ringing. Um, so, yeah, that notion of. I think for me, is lost time. I don't know if it's. Well, I guess it's technically it would be lost time for you as well. I'd be saying, you know, you're technically a 40 year old adult based on experiences because of time lost right um yeah it's it's i don't know i don't know if i would call it time lost maybe i'm just being something um i don't know how i would actually because it wasn't lost it was there it Mm -hmm. happened Mm -hmm. um no i guess that is the right way to put it like if i'm not writing and i'm not working and I'm not doing the things then that's time lost right so yeah midlife crises in all the things yeah I'm not I'm at midlife something I'm not gonna call it a crisis Mm -hmm. yet um I think 49 made me more concerned with my health Mm -hmm. um for a very long time I've only focused on sobriety and mental health and that's more than enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, I realized that I can't just do that. Like, I am in remission from bipolar 2. I have been sober for 11 motherfucking years. Um, it is... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I got to go get some, you know, mammograms now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pushing those things to the side because I've always been like, nope, I got to do this. Cause right. I'm this, and I. That's. I mean, I did mean, you know that in your in my hospital records now, it doesn't say that I'm bipolar. It falls off. You told me that. Yeah. After five years, like, mm-hmm. I would have to tell you if you're my doctor. It's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, sobriety is the same thing. They're not. They ask you, have you had a drinking problem in the past three years? Not have sober since. No. Right. It's not a thing. So even though I still have to maintain and all that good stuff, I can't act like my kidneys are not about to fall out. Well, I mean, I think the hard part with that is, and I think another thing I've been, I've talked about a lot lately is capacity. You are in remission with bipolar. Um, you've been sober for 11 years, but the maintenance mm. is still the maintenance. It's not like you're in remission and there's. And I don't have to take meds every day. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, I mean, it's been three years and we got a whole machine sitting in the kitchen to make and sure still, things, and every now and then things will slip. Yeah. Um, 
So it still work. The difference is that it's not just you anymore. Right. Right. It's not just you managing this anymore. It's again, a whole robot in the kitchen. <laughs> and me, when I can, when I'm in the mindful enough to do so, shoot a text when you're at the office, Hey, did you do the things? Mm-hmm. And cool. I did, or whatever it is. Um, capacity to having extra capacity is life changing. It's the capacity that got me to have the space to pick up a camera or get back to writing and mm-hmm. now working on this video business. And do I want to work on helping folks manage their content? Like all these things exist because of capacity. Right. Um, I'm not on my own. I'm in, I'm working in sanitation and I'm writing poetry and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm probably cool where I am. Sounds, sounds sexy. It sounds like every Tyler Perry movie you've ever seen. guy who looks like Michael <laughs> Ely who writes poetry. Do I you didn't... perform your poetry? Or do you just write it and keep it hidden no, so I've, until I've, the right woman comes on? Dude, I, I read it the New Yorker once and quickly discovered that performing my poetry was not for me. Uh, it was, if Sandman could have popped up at the New Yorker, they would have carted you off with the hook. It was it was bad, and it wasn't even about like being being nervous. I'm generally good in front of crowds and stuff, but if it's reciting or reading reading aloud. To this day, is still I know. awful. You're not, it's you're not a fan. No. I've seen Cole like, hey, you'd be like, uh, no. <laughs> Here's what we're not going to do. Right. Um, but I can, not actual freestyle, but I can get in front of a group and talk for hours about right. whatever. But if it comes to performance, it just wasn't never my thing. Um, um, no, we just have our biggest mammal is downstairs. Uh, um, why do we call them mammals? I, I think know. it was code so they wouldn't know we were talking about them. Like, where's the mammal? I don't think it was that. I think we, it was. was. We didn't want to say, where's Cole? Where's Maisie? Where's the kid? Where's the girl? Well, no, I think it was. So mammal was like neutral. I think, no, mammal was actually us not wanting to use their names. With a microphone in front of us. Please announce yourself to well, me. Beans are about to snap anyway, I so know. it doesn't matter. Dogs can be really, except for his, remember when he used to bite? Oh, yeah. And like flip out. We have the time to the doorknob in order to get him this. <laughs> okay, let's not. <laughs> this sounds awful. That's what the trainer told us to do. <laughs> yeah, but you know, people picture him like swinging from the doorknob. No, right? of course not. It was like his leash was like on the yeah. hook. So he couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. He was horrible. He wasn't horrible. He was just. He, he was a nibbler. Um, nibbler. Well, so my kid just came to pick up some stuff. And I've said this before, but it never doesn't pinch the just a hint when I have to tell her to leave my presence. Mm. Mothers don't ever tell you to go someplace. You're always with your mother. So if she's telling you to go someplace, it's school or something. So when she comes over here for a minute and I have to tell her, like, okay, go. Just in the back of my mind, it's still, even at 15... And she seems pretty well adjusted, as much as I can tell. It still feels weird. I get that. Sometimes. Uh, it's the same way when it comes to um, Cole. And he talks about my house versus your house. And like still trying to still him like they're both your right. houses. Right. It's it's a thing, too. Yeah. So yeah I, get I, that. I noticed that. That will. I mean, he's not here for as long. I think if he was here 50 50 he probably would say that which doesn't make it actually exacerbates the the notion because he's not here as much as 
you I would want him to be or would you, you know, want that? I would love to have what you have with Maisie. I would love to have the full week. It's that a was lot. me that was me being sad inside. <laughs> That's what that sound was. Um it's a lot. Except yeah. I'm not allowed to say that because most women in my position don't have this. And well, I know it's a lot because I'm I'm here with you. I mean, it's a lot. yeah. Um, but I also have a full week off, so it's a lot, and then it's nothing. I'm always I'm still a little amused at how the um, parenting stamina plummets post-divorce pre-divorce seven days a week 24 hours a day you just, you just on do and it. do it that first time you get the weekend off or the first like, week off oh my god and you never recover i used to not tell people that i had joint physical mm. um because people would either people were kind of judgy you know mm. um at 15 not so much but when she was eight you're gonna let her be with her father for a full week multiple times and not with you Aren't you still nursing her? It's, I, it's, and we've had this conversation before. I think we've had it on the show too, where a lot of that comes from the bungling dad kind of. Absolutely. And her father is a bungling dad. (laughs) So it fits, but he also can raise his child just like most bungling parents can. So, yeah. So I, I, the, that whole mindset and that whole trope just, it still drives me crazy. I can see it in commercials and I see it in all the things. Yeah, you like, never show a mom being bungling on TV. Unless it's like a Unless tragedy. she did not use the right, right. tie detergent again. <laughs> then she's bungling. Yeah. Um, she's strung out on cocaine. That's like why. The, like the pooper chocolate mom. There was this funny BuzzFeed skit with all the types of moms you meet. Mm-hmm. The last one was a woman who walks up like, oh my God, I'm here, I'm here. And somebody's like, you have something on your shirt. And she's like, mm, pooper chocolate, pooper chocolate, pooper chocolate. And then she licks her finger and tastes it and is like, ooh, chocolate. And it's pretty hilarious. But um, I've often said I'm the pooper chocolate mom and been told that I'm not. But I think we all have our moments. Um, but yeah, she she is the same week to week now. Mm. When she was eight, it felt like I was getting an entirely new child every time. Well, I mean, I even now to a certain degree, there's still that. Well, actually, no, probably less so now. But when I first came into the picture, it was those first two to three days of reacclimation that was. She still was has different. That. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not. It's not quite the same. No, now. it's like one day, but she still comes back and needs to acclimate. Mm-hmm. She'll be passive aggressive and clean up the kitchen. Um, you know, I need this, <sighs> I need that, right? Why I need is this? this here? Can you buy me this? Can you buy me that? Can you take me here? Can you take me there? Can I have this party? Can I do this? Can I do that? Um, and then it sorts, sort of evens out through the rest of the week. But yeah. I mean, I told you the other day, I we're very, very lucky with both of them because mm-hmm. they could be taking us through it right now. Both of them. It's, I, I feel like mine's loading up slowly but surely. <sighs> yeah, I would have said not yet a while ago, but. Yeah, I think so. I it's think coming. so. It's coming. It's coming. There's going to be some chest bumps going on. Well, what is supposed to happen at this point is we're supposed to fist fight in the backyard. 
And somebody's supposed to challenge me. Actually, no, too soon for that. Too soon. <laughs> too like soon for 15. that. Fifteen. Yeah. When you say, "Come on out here, boy," let me show you something. Um, yeah. I don't know. I can't call it on Cole. He's a real. He's kind of mysterious. Like <coughs> you never quite know what he knows. Mm-hmm. I think he knows a lot more than we think he does about everything. Um. Mm. Kids always know more than you think they do. That's like a general rule. When yeah. you were, when you were nine, no, I was. I was. You I, know, you your parents. I think didn't he knows know. more. I think he knows more than he lets on. Um, the extent of what that more is, I question sometimes. But I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, he's in the fourth grade at a public school, so they're feeling butts. They're not feeling butts. But yeah. no, twenty years ago, they were they're looking at butts. They're not touching butts. Touching butts is more middle school. He's got a couple of years. I don't even think they're doing that anymore. I think that kids, boys, have been taught pretty well, at least in our town, that you keep your hands to yourself. There's none of that. I think that the uh, I'm raising my son old school. <laughs> I think the punishments for that now are a lot different. My father loves to tell the story of the booty train oh my god i can't remember what line it was but after school they would get ready to the train to go home or to high school get ready to the train to go home or whatever and there was a certain section of this line where the lights were cut out uh-huh and for this is when you were in high school or no my father dad was in high my school? father okay this is in the bronx oh uh, yes mm-hmm. and it's like for those few seconds it was fill all the <laughs> booties you can in the dark and then when lights came on, you knew. And I'm assuming that the girls were okay with this. I or as co- okay with it as you could be in 1967. I have, I have no clue. They might have been screaming and crying. I have no clue. Like It, it could have been raucous fun or it could have been the precursor to I mean, if you awful. get on the train. You got to go you, home. Right, but... There's a particular car you're saying that no, has no. no lights. The line, oh, the whole train, the, the whole train would go out oh, for see. a section. There was no. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it still happens. If if you've ever been on a train in New York, it still happens now. For yeah, I course. suppose maybe not as long as it might have happened then, but there's just a certain section of a certain stop where the light will go out. Speaking of trains, um, I decided today that I am not taking the train to my job. I am officially done with New Jersey Transit and I'm officially done with Penn Station. And I just found out that my company owns a parking garage very close by that's very inexpensive. And I'm going to be driving it. And I know what I didn't get there yet. Okay. (laughs) Clearly, we Uh, have to get there first. But I'm I'm just letting you know. You know, I mean, that's the next obvious. Today is the day that I was like, oh, hell no. Um, I've already done the math. Mm-hmm. And it's sixteen dollars a day more than taking the train in the subway. So it is more for two days a week. For two days a week, because Which... I still got to pay to come into the city. That's sixteen dollars. Oh, right. Um, uh, uh-uh, uh, Shane, I'm done. It's disgusting. Um, it smells awful. The number the train of train or Penn Station. Penn Station particularly. Yeah, Penn Station is rough. Penn Station has always been. It's a you know, it's a major hub. Mm-hmm. So it's always been sketchy. Yeah. But lately, I I hate to feel that way, but I feel unsafe. I'm standing at the thing to buy. I noticed that no one buys their 
tickets at the thing anymore because there's people standing on all that space. Well, you know what that is? No. Winter time. No, that's COVID time. This is, this was, this shift started during COVID. They Mm -hmm. never got folks. They left people alone during COVID. Mm -hmm. It was not shoot, you know, sending them out. They had people living in the different places. They just, all their outtake and intake for folks, mm-hmm. unhoused people, just went out the window during COVID. Mm-hmm. It hasn't gotten back together. Wow. So I feel guilty being like, uh-uh. But, you know, this dude put his hand on my shoulder today. And he was like, can you please get me a ticket to, I'm trying to get back to blah, 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 as I'm buying my ticket. That's not today. It was yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. You don't, we're not touching we're asking for money. We're asking mm-hmm. for things. You're not touching me. So I then noticed, like, why am I the only person standing here getting a ticket, a paper ticket? And I'm like, oh, that's right. Because they own this the whole area. area. Um, I think that's why the woman was helping me when I couldn't get my ticket. Uh, because it's just a sketchy area. And she's looking at me and I'm like, eh, I don't know what to do. Right. So I'm not doing it, Shane. It's I, a rat. I mean, a mouse ran across my foot today for the first time in many years. I'm done. Um, I hear you. And we'll get that sorted out as quickly as we can get it sorted out. Just letting uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of paper tickets and Penn Station, that's the other reason why we're recording again. Oh, yeah. You want to tell that story? Um, how do I tell it briefly? You let me tell it. I can tell it briefly. I was stuck in Penn Station and I couldn't get my hands on a ticket um, through a co- comedy of errors with debit cards and credit cards and no cash and need a ticket. And I went up to the ticket window, explained my problem. I had a ticket on my phone. My phone was about to die. I would not be able to prove I had a ticket. And she said, that's your problem. Go over there and buy a charger for your phone and charge it before the train comes. I ain't had that kind of time or money. So I just wandered around looking upset. And then she got came out from behind the glass um, shield thing and motioned me over. And I'm like, what's about to happen? I go over to her and she sort of shields her hands and she's like, take this ticket. And I'm like, thank you so much. And I said, if it wasn't for COVID, I would hug you right now. And she laughed. She said, well, I just love you and Molly. So I couldn't let this happen to you. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God. Now, this this has happened in different variations before. Sure. What's weird about, or not weird, what's different about this one. By the way, if you're listening, thank you very much much. for getting my wife home. New Jersey Transit. Um, What's different about this one was this was so according to you was solely based on the podcast. Correct. This wasn't somebody who followed you on Facebook no, or someplace else. We're not else. Facebook friends. None of that. Um, she has obviously come across us somewhere. Right. Um, because how does she know Molly? Like, I mean, in the early days we did talk about it, but it's not like I referred to you as like right. Molly all the time. So But there's somebody but that found is, the whole is, situation organically through the podcast. Through the podcast. Correct. Which is kind of crazy. Which is because it is the. I always imagine myself talking to our people. Well, Ghana. So, I'm talking to Ghana every episode. Well, I saw the natural and only Ghana. It's a natural assumption. Uh, Deb, stop it. Aww. Also, what's up to hey, Ireland? And uh, Ireland. <laughs> um, but even for me, like I always assume that I was talking to your people even more than right mine. Right. Because 
half my folks have their own podcasts and right. we're all whatever else. Um, but yeah, that was like, oh, we somebody was listening to us. Okay, well, maybe we should get maybe, back on this a little maybe bit. Maybe our audience is out there. I don't know. I think if we decided we really wanted to, we have five minutes before we have to get to work. Yes. Um, I think before we decide whether or not what this is going to be, I don't know. Maybe we don't decide right now what it's going to be. Maybe we just sit here and drink Dr. Pepper. Well, this is what I started with. We're not back. We are not back. I, I love with that. We're not back. Um, we may do this again tomorrow. We may not do it again for two weeks. Or two years. Um, I think the only goal I have is to do it again. Um, I don't necessarily want to do it when the kids are here because it's... You don't say. No, I mean, we can go in the office and close the door and whatever. But it's, it's just... This is much better than the office. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little it's a little hectic, so... Um, I mean, no, I guess we could. I mean, we had before. Office... We did when we had no walls. Like, we, we would do whole... Right. Pi- well, you know, big they meals also... clanking downstairs and... right. They're also younger. They also had bedtimes back then. Oh, um, well, one of them still does. They both do. They both actually. do. One of them just has a self-imposed bedtime. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a. Want to get back to doing this on a more of a regular basis? Um, we will see what happens. I'm trying to do video. Uh, I'm just asking. So here's the thing. I will do video, if I don't have to manage video. If I can get Chris on board, who shout out to Chris, Kid Hollywood Productions, all the things, um, my video partner. Mm-hmm. Little Chris. Yes. He just found out I call him Little Chris because. Um, AKA Ludacris. We were in the car driving to Pennsylvania for a gig and he had to text me directions or text me the, the address. And it was like, Little Chris sent you a text message saying. <laughs> And, he's, and like, he's in the car. Yeah, he's like, oh, little Chris. Like, my brother's name is Chris. He's my big brother. You're, You're 10 years Chris. younger than me. You're now little Chris. You're 20 like, years younger just, than him. He could be your dad. Just rock with it. It's fine. Um, that's why I don't know why you fuck with that system. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, the it's level horrifying. of discomfort it brings you is hilarious. You should so, see when, like, when you leave the house, so, I don't text you for like a long time because I know it's going to come up in the car and I don't know if Cole's there or who's in there. <laughs> Why would you want that? And because I'm, I'm driving. You, I've seen you have to be like, eh, while you're driving. Yeah, I'd rather, you know. I'd rather crank it down than have to. Because here's the other thing, too. And this is how my brain is wired and how my anxiety works. If I know I have a text message and I can't check it, it becomes a worm. It's It becomes a thing that's in my head. And you can't like, say, let me make sure I check my phone when I get to XYZ place. I need to know what's on my phone. Um, And thankfully, I live the kind of life where if my wife is in the car with me. And there's a text message. I'm not worried. You're not worried. Uh, I'm worried for you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm fine. I would be worried for myself. That concerns me. Like, what are you doing? I really would. What, what, what are you feeling guilty about? I don't feel guilty about anything, but it's just, I got ex. I had this number for a long time. Well, we, well, again. Uh, my ex-husband could text saying some slick as, shit as while you, we're in the car. As you have figured out. My phone number and my ex-wife's number yes. are very close, very close to each other. Indeed. But I've had your my phone number for longer than you've had that number. So I don't know. I've had my phone number for 22 years. Yeah, about. You told me when y'all got those numbers together. It was not 20 years ago. I didn't tell you when. I told you that we got them together. Oh, okay. 
Um, we got those numbers before we were married. Okay. So, yeah, I got that number in the number I have now. I think I got in 2010. Because remember also, 646 is older than 347. Of course. Like, I've six, had my number is for... six. Four, I mean, when I got 347, I could have gotten 646. They weren't, like, oh, when done I got my, yet. When I got mine, there was no 347. No, I know. When I got mine, there was still 646. Okay. You know, people love on a podcast. Random conversations about... This isn't random. About area codes. Um, if, if you are from the tri-state area, you know area codes mean a lot. They do. That 212 means everything. And I don't if know what If you got a 718 happened. cell phone... You're about you. You need to get a colonoscopy. You need to go. <laughs> two one two is what you want, but they're not a lot of two one two cell phones. I don't know if they no. weren't using two one two when cell phones came out. Two, for, there were too many numbers needed in Manhattan to give up their two one two for a cell phone. Got um, it. So they started out with what six four six. They they did some two one two. Oh nine one seven. No nine one seven was the first one. Yeah, that's what Eric is. Yeah. 917 was kind of, you know, like, look at me. Right. I got a cell phone. Yeah. And it's this 917. So not only do you have this new device, you also have the new mm-hmm. um, phone. A 917 area code was the same as when being like one of the first few people to get email. Or a Motorola pager. Yes. The silver one. Motorola two-way page. I, I didn't like the silver one. I had them both. I had the big one and the little one, and I hated the big one. I never had either. Because the big one was both. goofy. The black one? No, the big silver one. Oh, the big silver. The big, so Motorola initially also had like a mini one that was the size of a normal pager with a full keyboard that you could flip open. Right. That one was so much better. That big goofy ass silver. Yeah, hip hop had the big. I don't remember ever seeing anybody with the little one that made sense. Um, Yeah, that big one. We did a lot of dumb stuff. Fashion. I still laugh at how we bragged about having MPVs, like that goofy ass minivan. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, you know. When you broke, you get you, 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 you I mean, Jay Z said we got easy passes, right? And that was like, what you mean? Yeah. Now you don't even need one because they're taking down all the tolls. Easy um, pass is a scam, anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, how do we get on the easy passes? Oh, you're right. So we were talking about um, having cool area codes. Oh, and right, right. Such, yeah. But no, oh, right. We were talking about me having text messages in my announced in my car. Um. Yeah, and I, it just makes you comfortable. There is a there's a world. I am fully honest. There's no way I would do that because I don't trust the people in my phone. I trust me, mm-hmm. but there are people who will text me and start with "What's up with that fat ass?" Like that's a thing that could happen. That's a thing that has happened in the past three years. So some of those things I just ignore like oh there's so and so like hey what's up whatever or block it or whatever but I don't really like right it's not a big deal if I'm sitting in the car with my husband so and so says hey what's up with that fat ass yours I'm gonna have to explain that yeah and I don't have to explain (laughs) it if it doesn't come across the radio right I live in a different world I don't have those all my text messages are kid friendly or so you think Aaliyah says pick up milk on the way home you never know one day somebody who has your number Maybe says are you picking me up from school today and they're gonna KK. text you something right. <laughs> and they're gonna text you something and you're gonna be like oh shit now yeah. i have to explain this mm-hmm. and that son is how babies are made um all right let me hit y'all with this corny ass theme music real quick because what's what is it oh i just i pulled it off the service that i use but it's, eh. what? I don't 
understand. Okay, this is cool. It's not us though. Sure it is. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do some more. I may just have a different one of these every episode, just because I pay for the service. I was listening to old episodes, and I was like, "Why do we talk throughout the entire outro?" Because the outro. Why do we always, talk one, over the entire all of the music? Mostly me. Well, no, we will. I think we. I wanted it that way because one, a lot of times these themes are too long, especially like most podcasts. Like they, it's like anime. Like they'll have a four verse intro. And it's like that nobody was listening the whole time. So I just talk over it. It's fine. We've always done that. Yeah. We don't eat on the mic anymore. Maybe we should get back eat. to that. Yeah, we used to eat lunch and do the podcast. At you the same hated time. that. Yeah. It's smacking and then I can hear it. You know I can hear it. Get to the mic. Your teeth are on the mic. You did not like it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll do this again someday. Uh, wait, am I getting the website back together? Or is that doing too much at that point? Maybe I'm doing too much at that point. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I feel like you may now be we on back the... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you may be on the verge of menstruation. Now I know to see the signs. Um, so when that happens, you might decide, this is what I'm going to do with that excess This energy. isn't quite menstruation. Okay. I think me, me going over the year, that's what menstruation then pulling out the mixer. And no, not pulling out the mixer. If I see you getting the website up oh. and it'll be like no yes that's that's, that's that's more uh me tinkering than menstruation i feel like i should now explain menstruation oh see i just i just i just assume like if you're listening to us that you know about menstruation no so and i don't know if this is specific to me so if we have any male listeners because i've never heard from any of you um let me know if this is something you experience so once every i want to say a month or two I go through a, is it sullen? Not quite sullen. I get I get moody. I get cloudy. I get in my feels. And there's usually candy and chocolate involved. And I'll be just sitting there. Yeah, Kit Kats. And I'll be in my feels for a couple of days. And it will be, uh, me. it'll be linked to, I don't feel like I'm being productive right now. I don't feel like I'm doing anything. Like, what is my life at this point? And that's why I don't have a midlife crisis. I have like have one every month. I have, I have like monthly you have crisis. mini <laughs> yes. life crisis. Right. I have a mini life crisis once every month or two. Um, and it goes away in a couple days. And that's just my thing. Yeah. yeah. So if you see me with a bunch of Kit Kats and looking a certain way, no, it's that time it's for just, me. It's that time. Yeah. I give you your distance and mm-hmm. bake you some cookies. Yep. I should tell my therapist about that. About menstruation? Yeah. Ooh. That's hilarious. (laughs) I think he'd appreciate that. I wonder if he has a menstruation. I wonder if this is a thing that men go through and maybe don't recognize. I mean, I think men go through feels. But we don't... For sure. But But I don't know if they pay attention to them. But to a large degree, we're kind of programmed, at least traditionally, to plow through the feels. Yep. So we may not even notice it that way. Now I want a Kit Kat. Um, I almost bought you one today. And then I was like, they have such a great variety. They have they strawberry have the dark duos chocolate. across they have the street. Strawberry dark chocolate. Yeah. They have the mint. Mm-hmm. Who at Kit Kat said, let's do flavors? That shit was genius. So the funny thing is, that was, they were, that was a Japanese thing for a long time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
So, but still, somebody at Kit Kat had to be like, Let's do go for here. it. Yeah. Do some wasabi. Who, ooh. That exists. Mm, I'm passing wasabi. On wasabi. It's not spicy, but it has the taste. That that doesn't help either. I don't want I don't want horseradish. You don't get. like horseradish? No. I love horseradish and wasabi. I might do a sriracha Kit Kat. That's a thing. Probably not. It, or maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. This is how we sign off podcast, <laughs> by the way. Uh yeah, like you said, we gotta we got work to do. At, we do. What time is it now? We're ten minutes late for work at eight oh eight. All right. Um All right, y'all. Bye. Peace. Everybody. You can I'm not gonna talk over it this time. I'm not gonna say <laughs> You can talk over it. Don't start a new conversation. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. Um but yeah, uh this will be well, if you listen to this, you figured out how to find it anyway. But this goes up and be on all the things: Spotify, Apple Music, yada yada yada. Did I say anything? No, I didn't say anything. I wouldn't say to people. All right, see you sometime soon. Peace. Bye.